Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I am doing okay. You know, we got tough times around us, tough times going on. I, in honor of tough times today, I put up a screensaver of what it was like in Chicago today. (laughs) Somebody had posted this photograph of that pasty white stuff that I have on the top of my head, but I avoid shoveling anymore (laughs) if I can. Hey, you should be very grateful you still have that on top of your head. Well, can I just, yeah, that's true. Can I say it's supposed to be 30 below zero in my old hometown of Chicago this weekend. And I can remember a day that I went out, it was 32 degrees below zero. And they told you, don't go outside. So you were supposed to go out for no longer than like 15 seconds or something. So I went to the end of the driveway and you could see how moisture was freezing in midair. So it's like, if you breathed out, that turned into crystals and fell down. And wow. by trying to breathe in, it was so ice cold, you just couldn't do it. It's crazy. Well, I could talk about some good things, right? I could talk to you if you, the listeners don't mind, because I think it'll be interesting to hear my process a little bit. Please. And if not, don't listen. <laughs> but um, so I'll, the good thing, like my girlfriend had her birthday, which you did a little tribute to. Thank you, Richard. She's my bestest friend in the whole wide world. She's a sweetheart. And you're lucky to have her. I am very lucky to have her. And she rented a house um, in Malibu and we, she rented it before COVID. So not before COVID, excuse me, during COVID where nothing was opened up or anything like that. And we went up, went up there and it was such an amazing experience as far as it being really peaceful. But I hired someone who's a dear friend of mine, amazing chef to come in to surprise her for her birthday. And her name's Denise Ruff. And she, on Wednesday of um, last week, sent me a text saying, hey, I'm not feeling good. I feel like I just have, um, I just have like this stuff, not stomach flu, but um, poison, uh, food poisoning, excuse me, food poisoning. And she, you know, and I said, Hey, if you're not up for it, don't worry about it. Restaurants did open up. It's not a big deal. You know, I would love to see you, but your health is the number one, you know, is number one. And then on the next day on Thursday, she just said, yeah, I'm drinking Pedialyte and I'm just wiped. And she took a COVID test that Wednesday. Um, I said, please don't worry about it. Don't think anything more about it. Just get yourself healthy and better. And we will see each other some later time. And on Saturday morning, I get a phone call from her dear friend, who's of course our really good friend, Sheree Simonian, who I met her through saying that she's gone, that she died Friday night. Wow. And I just lost it because on the day she died on Friday, my and then it was Michelle's birthday. It's kind of why we go away. So the reason why I'm explaining this is because I haven't talked to her in six months. Haven't seen her in six months. She kept on popping up into my head. And as I was I'm like, how could this, like, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. And I'm like, how in the world did I, how could I not have saved her? And I feel like all the emotions of my father, 
like me not being able to save my dad. Um, and, and it's just, you know, I had another friend, the same thing. And I've had four people in my life, three in the last month where this is, I'm like, wait a second. Well, you know what, Jennifer, I mean, not to interrupt, but why don't we ask our friend Luana, why weren't you able to save your friend? Maybe she has some advice on that. I'm going to have to do it without crying. Um, and I only say that because, of course, mediums are just, chant, you know, like their filters are different than everybody else. And they can bypass those. And it's not their, you know, their journey isn't to save people. But, of course, you want to be helpful to your friend. But, but I'd like to ask Luana, if she doesn't mind, if we can discuss this and talk about this as a process of, you know, why is it that somebody like yourself who does have a sense of what might happen, likely outcomes and, and warnings and why that didn't occur earlier. And of Lou, maybe you can address that. Part of, and part of it, and before we talk to her real fast, the reason why I wanted to bring this up was because I think a lot of people hold on to things at certain times of the year, whether they're conscious of it or not. But around this time, I'm still holding on to that grief with my dad. No because he passed what, away around this time period. We buried him today four years ago. I see. And yeah, we, we buried him four years ago today. And, and I know out of, especially with all of our talks, Richard, I know it was just his body. He, we didn't bury his soul. I get all of that. And, but it was such a mind craziness that for me at that time, and I want people to know and understand that you might be feeling check in with yourself and was I in an accident at this time, some year? Did I lose someone? Did I lose a job? Did I get a divorce? What am I holding onto in my energy field that's making me feel sad or making me not feel as happy as I could feel, right? And you'll find out that, you know, two years ago on this particular time period that, you know, this happened or whatever, right? Um, it's just something I want the listeners to understand because you can turn it around. It's a process, but you, ha you can turn it around. Um, and yes, I feel fortunate to at least be able to talk to the other side, but when I'm also grieving. So part of the reason why, like, why I want to explain this process is because of that. And because Michelle told me, because Michelle, she'll say it herself. She has faced, she has known herself to be a little bit, she has control things here. And she's like, I might have control issues here, Jennifer, but you seem to have control issues about the unknown. She goes, do you know how insane that sounds? You're trying to control things that haven't happened yet. She goes, that's insane. I'm like, well, put it like that. Of course it's insane. But, you know, and so. Well, I think it's called empathy and compassion. And especially when someone like yourself, who really does their work to help people, obviously, you know, helping with missing person cases, doing that sort of thing, the kind of work you do with law enforcement. I mean, that's somebody with deep compassion for other humans. So, but. Aside from that, listen. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Okay. Well, let's see. You're frozen again. My back? You're back now. Okay, cool. 
Well, that's why I say, you know what, in I, cause I, I, we do have a little thing I want to do today and it, re, it, it involves Luana. So let's ask her okay. um, if we can talk about this in terms of process and if that's something she wants to discuss or Alu, how are you doing? So let's see if we can ask our friend Luana to come forward and have a conversation a little bit about this, about the process of, of mediumship, being able to help people from the flip side. Is that something that's in their purview to do? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so why is when it I, some... When I look down, it's just so to remind everybody. Right. right. Well, Lou... In Jennifer's case, a close friend of hers passed away. I'm sure you're aware of it. But why wasn't she able to reconnect with her and help her prior? She just showed me talking to all of the loved ones that it wasn't about her not leaving. It was about connecting to her afterwards. So by connecting to her, being the last person basically that talked to her, according to her friends, they didn't even know she was sick. And so... By talking to her and connecting with her, I'm able to help everybody else. Okay. It's a better connection to help people with. It's a better connection. I see. So it's more important that you're able to help other people than it would be one in particular individual. Okay. Luana taps her nose. So, and, and, the, and if you want to, you talk to your friend Denise. Certainly, we we should and we can. But if we can hold on to this thought for one second, because I somebody came up with this idea, and let me just run it by Luana. Now that I have your attention, uh, somebody suggested that we take requests, and their comment was, um, "We're not suggesting you take requests for readings, you know, Aunt Betty, Uncle Pete, but topics that we might be able to uh, request." So this request comes from a reader, a watcher a regular viewer uh, okay. who reached out to me at martiniprods at Gmail and asked, how do emotions such as love or grief affect frequency and communication? It's along the lines of what we're talking about. It elevates the communication within their higher selves that trickles down to their conscious self. So in terms of... So in terms of imagery... Uh -huh. um, show me again. Hold on. They're showing me going to your higher self, like above, you know, above, and then trickling down to your spirit, to your conscious mind here. So if the frequency, if, if I get what you're asking correctly, like why is it, is it, why is it so important or how what was no well how does well let's separate it too how does grief interfere with communication or how does love enhance or help it? you know what they just showed me they just showed me me <laughs> how does it what i have felt like um so they just literally put me in my mind's eye hold on in terms of grief in terms of grief because i've been grieving this last week heavily right. And if I may quote your dad, who came forward with you and I once when we were doing a session and and you were talking about him. And I said, well, can we ask him this question? How do we help people with grief? And he said, uh, try to move grief 
to nostalgia. And I remember I asked you, I said, I, what does that mean? And you said, I don't know. He said it. I said, okay, well, let's ask him. And so graciously, he said, grief is only the sad memories of a person's life and journey or your sad memories. Nostalgia is a combination, a mix of both sad and happy memories. And if you can move grief to nostalgia, it might take a long time before you can laugh about something silly that your loved one did. But moving it there begins the healing process. Many people will tell you grief never goes, never disappears. But when you shift it into nostalgia over years, over time, et cetera, et cetera, or talk to them or what we do, converse with them and you start to realize, well, they're still here. I miss them terribly, but they still exist so I can connect with them. Right. So, but that idea of grief interrupts the frequency, let's say, but love and this is the reason this Tim and Mary Lynn asked this question. Tim lost Mary Lynn some years ago. And, and after working hard to figure out how to communicate with her, he was able to. She sort of showed up one day and hasn't left his side. So the idea of love, that love sort of adjusted that frequency back to a point where he wasn't judging what was coming through. Right. And that's what I want Lou to maybe address. Can love fix the frequency? There is no reason to fix the frequency. It's your awareness that gets fixed. Ah, very good. Fix yourself. Says that you're always connected with love. You're never not connected with love. It's your awareness that rises above that rises above your grief for those brief moments in time that allow, you know, I was just shown butterflies, for instance, and I was just shown a 66, something that my dad would show me or my sister at the 66 um, for, cause he loved, you know, old cars and. Yeah. The old car that he had. Right. And so it allows for brief moments to bring those through, but you're always connected with love always and grief it's grief becomes less and less of those moments like you've discussed. So, and Lou, in terms of this process of trying to help people heal, especially in the era we're living in, where as many people who died in World War II are dying around us, our friends, our loved ones, what's a way to help them communicate with those people without having to put on a pyramid hat or have to believe in mediumship just a simple way of praying. Let's use the word pray. How can prayer? I, I literally saw being, you know, someone praying. They showed me me praying, like kneeling, whatever it feels for you. Um, and taking a pen and paper and just writing down their name and having a candle lit. So having a candle lit, taking down their name, and then writing all the things you loved about that person that you guys did together, you know, start writing about your, um, your favorite memories. Okay. If I may, that's a one way conversation. That is prayer. So how do we get to the point where we wait for a response? Well, so so you write. Okay. Hold on. 
they give it to you. So you write memories or favorite memories and just see what comes in. I see. So they're, they're supplying the visual. Exactly. Like immediately when I said that, my dad showed me like my mother who got married a year ago on the 14th, he showed me this song that was playing that made me laugh. I was crying hysterically that I was racing to go see him. I was surprising my mom because I was at a dance thing with my daughter and I was racing to go see my mom. And by the way, it was the best thing that's ever happened because they're so good together and taking care of each other during COVID. Um, but he played this song. I'm like, dad, give me a sign. And all of a sudden, and I don't even know where it came. I was, I had my phone connected. All of a sudden the beach boys comes on singing. I get around, I get around. <laughs> yeah. And then showed me a picture of my mom. My mom's been with two men her whole life. <laughs> okay, just for <laughs> That didn't get around too far, but I no, get the joke. One of them is 48 years, you know, 49 years. So it was just so funny to me that he did that in his own quirky way that I couldn't help but laugh. That was the best sign that I've ever received, you know, at a moment where I was grieving. I'm like, show me a sign. And then, you know, I'm looking for, you know, some butterfly as I'm driving 90 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) But that song came on and reminded you of his sense of humor and what he might have to say about his uh, widow being married to somebody else. Yeah. So, so that's a way of, so just to clarify, we're asking Luana to help us or help people with the concept of grief, not so much of uh, trying to eliminate it, but trying to al- allow it. And then at the same time, use these methods. We've talked about this before, that thing of saying their name aloud, writing it down, same sort of thing. And then what I suggest, what I've suggested, and we've heard this before from other people, but to ask questions that you don't know the answer to, because if you ask a question, you kind of know the answer to like, how are you? I'm fine. And remember, even if you might know the question, I just asked my dad, what's your favorite cult bite? Before you finish the question, a picture pops in your head and he showed Bingo. me right. Bingo. And so the point being, when they answer before you can start the question, you start to go, what's your fit? And then you see red, you know, you're going to ask the question, but they're ahead of you because they're outside of time. And they're it's just, also, they're also giving you the question. To ask. Also giving you the question. So it's a way to show that they still exist and that they can hear you and they can reply to you. However, it's important to note, they won't tell you lottery numbers. I always ask because they can't change your path. They can't change your journey because you signed up for a journey. So they're not going to tell you, ah, you know, this is the day you're not going to be on the planet. And this is, you know, they won't tell you that stuff, but they will tell you stuff about themselves, what they miss about being on the planet, who they miss. So real fast, when you mentioned lottery, I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, please. When you mentioned lottery tickets, you know, I'm like, kind of like death, right? Like, I'm not supposed to know when people are going to die, you know? And they said, no, it's not that. But if it can't change, then if it can't, if if the death can't change, then no. And if there's a chance, and then they showed me my mom with her heart, like I made sure she got in, you know, like there's certain times where, 
that could be knocking on the door. Heaven's, you know, not going to Sure. Happen. So but, you make the adjustments. Right. You make the adjustments, but I mean, they're laughing at me that I, I am literally trying to control the unknown and know, like, Why not? I was just, you gotta, I've never cried. Like I cried so much about it. And it's just because it's overwhelming, you know, I feel like I should have, you know, and well, but uh, let's allow, let's allow that emotion is related to many different things of loss, pain, suffering, grief, but we can help with that a little bit. If Denise, is that her name? The chef, mm -hmm. if she wants to come forward and Luana, this is something we should ask you because you're the one with the guest list. Is this somebody? Uh, she does. She does. Now, again, I, I'm hearing this for the first time and not something Jennifer and I planned. And, and by the way, I, you know, I'm grieving. So I'm in tears, right? You know, I'm literally in tears. It's going to, it's going to be, be hard. Okay. Oh, but it doesn't, that doesn't matter. We're going to, we're putting it to the test, right? What we just discussed. It's what we do. We talk to people no longer on the planet, you know, and hopefully it's not me talking to you or you talking to me one day. Right. Hell no, Richard. Which, well, that would be a funny, that would be a great show. That would be, I think we'd get a lot of views for that show. All right. So uh, Denise, I apologize for um, keeping it light, but do you want to tell us uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you some direct questions if that's okay. And if you could put the answers in Jennifer's mind. So, um, so who was the, uh, what was the experience of crossing over? Sorry, her father, before Ooh. I could answer the question. Right. But I. Was that a happy reunion? Said it wasn't scary. And was, was that a, ha go a ahead. Joy it was a joyful reunion. She knows a lot. She was just showing me all the people that were up there that she knows. Another quick Another quick point is that the last four or five people that have died other than my dad have asked me point blank. I feel like there's people that there's a lot of people that have died around me. Am I going to die soon? I've been asked that so many times and I always say, or they don't say, soon. you know, am I going to die? I'm like, oh, everyone is. Yeah. That's my well, your body's going to fail eventually. Why get the clock out? Just enjoy the, you know, the time. So, right. so let me, uh, so have you had a chance to do, says it was go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you, have you had a chance to have your she... life review or any of that stuff? Immediately. She said, can you share anything about it? Immediately. Oh, there was, uh, sorry. She just made me feel there's so much love, like so much love. And the love that she gave, like her, her cats, her animals, to the love that was given to her. And she showed me what I have done for her. Very good. Thank you, okay. Denise. Why did you become a chef? What was it uh, uh, just because, I mean, going back to when you were a little girl, what, what was that inspired you to become a chef? She loved food. And she said that was part of the problem. She loved food. <laughs> you mean you loved making it for others or you loved making it for yourself? All of it. Very good. What was your, I just got a silly question, but it just helps you focus. What was your favorite dish, Denise? What, what, and if you could tell us. 
She showed me Jen. <laughs> so that's funny. But hold on. <laughs> my favorite dish. A dish full of gin. I like that. <laughs> um, what kind? She liked to barbecue like fillets and then and seafood. She's and saying. seafood. Okay. It tastes like a rub, like some type of rub that you'd put on meat. Like I. And if you can go back into your life, that first moment when you made something, cooked something, and you went, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Everyone was so happy, she said. I was always around the kitchen when I was five for two reasons, because I loved food and I was so eager to learn. And she's like, other people would pick up teen, it's so funny, teen magazine. And she's like, I didn't bother with any of that. She goes, I was looking at recipes. Like, what can I make? And she says something about marshmallows. There's something interesting about marshmallows. The taste, the flavor, or a memory? Marshmallows and chocolate. Yeah, I guess a memory. A, good, a memory of that. And if I may, uh, if we can go back a little further to when you were planning this lifetime and working it out in advance, as we've learned. Oh, her and Charisse, she just showed me her best friend. And her best friend, like I said, I've known Charisse for, for years and years. And um, yeah, over tw probably 12 years actually now. Um, is Therese part of your soul group, part of your class? Yeah, part of her, part of everything, she says. Part of everything. And have you guys had lifetimes together before? Many times. Like Sharice was adopted. They both were, they both came from Detroit, Michigan and ended up out in LA together. They found each other. Yeah. But they they were they were friends there, you know, as kids growing up. They were besties, but they also, both of them ended up out in LA together. Denise, can you talk a little bit about that, about that idea of how we find those significant others? It's like quantum entanglement, I'm sure. That's what we've heard. It's a, but, said, okay. it's a frequency where you match up with someone. And how do you feel it? Do you sense it? Do you hear it? Do you she's, see it? She's laughing. She goes, and our love for medicinal. <laughs> okay so but you hadn't met your friend Therese prior to LA even though you grew up in the same no, state she did. no she did okay and she knew her back there and that's what was interesting so they were both they both lived in Detroit and they both moved out here they were both they both considered each other family members all right and th this is a uh, I think we might have frozen for a second let me just hold my hand up for two seconds hold on okay um this is an unusual question, but it has to do with our process and what we do. Can you recall and can you show Jennifer the first time you met Therese, what age you were and what happened? And Therese watching this will know, yes or no, that's what happened. We won't, but, but if you could give it to Jennifer, that would be a way to let Therese know and your loved ones that you- I'm feeling six, but it could be 16. So just give me a second. Sure. They were in high school when they met and almost was like 11th grade and they were inseparable ever since. 
Anything you want to say to Therese? In the classroom. In yeah. the classroom. Okay. Anything you want to say to Therese? Everything. She just like grabbed a chair. She goes, we'll do that later. But um, she's like happy tears. Make them happy tears. Make them happy. Are you in are you in touch with Therese? Denise? Yeah, she's getting, she's getting, she just showed me like mind melting her, like putting, like putting, because Therese is taking care of her two cats. That's conscious information because Therese told me. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, uh, and that, this is why we like to talk about the process. Let me just ask you a silly question. I did not know when she met Therese. I knew that. I yeah, no, I'm aware of that. I then, you know, Therese will know when, when you've answered this question. So, but here's my question for you. People talk about this. It's a you know question I get a lot on Quora. People ask me the question. So just in terms of what it feels like now for to be talking to us, do you feel more complete? Do you feel less complete? Do you feel the same? I feel more complete <laughs> because I pay more attention with you, <laughs> just like with my dad. So for some reason, when we're, when we're talking to our classroom, it's just, I feel because, and this is for the listeners, I'm a medium, but when it comes to your own loved ones on the other side, I'm just like everyone else. And right. it's challenging to believe in what they show me. It takes time to build that up. And so what she's saying is that I believe when I'm connected to the class, and talking to you, I believe the information. Whereas when I was by, thank you, when I was by myself, I was grieving so much that it, it's challenging to get clear. Well, I guess, and, and if I may, I'm asking Denise about her experience. Once you cross over and now you're able to have this conversation with us, do you now, do you feel, Denise, more complete, less complete? Or this, or more complete. And so, if you could just describe, does, are you? And do you remember your previous lifetimes? Are you aware of that? All at once. All at once. And is oh. there any anyone you want to share with us? That I mean, were you a chef in other lifetimes? She used to raise pigs in a farm in one of her other lives. But she's saying that Teresa's daughter. She's showing me Paxton. Oh. No, this was her first life with Paxton. Sorry. But Sharice, it was many times over and over. That's interesting. Okay. And that, in that lifetime where you raised pigs, were you a man or a woman in that life? <laughs> I was an old, cranky woman. <laughs> and what country was it in? I mean, I'm just curious. Belgium. Belgium. And was it, what century was it in? Was it recently or was it many centuries ago or? It almost feels like the 1200s or something like that. Okay, that's why I asked. That's why I asked. It's a very specific thing. I've asked her to remember a lifetime where that had something to do with cooking, chefing food. And she went back to this memory of being in a farm in Belgium where raising animals, et cetera, et cetera. And now I want to ask you a very specific question that Jennifer can't know the answer to, but Denise could know the answer to based on the fact that she can remember this lifetime. What were your utensils like? So I'm going to ask you a weird question, uh, Denise. Okay. 
and it relates to the research I've been doing. You're remembering this lifetime in Belgium in possibly the 12th century, something like that. What kind of utensils did you use in your kitchen or eat with? She just showed me wooden, like she showed me a wooden bowl. A wooden bowl. And, and what are you using, forks or knives or spoons? It's like a little, it's not a spoon. It's not a fork. It looks more like a, a wider knife. A wider knife. And are you using that to cut or to actually hold food? She's saying we actually ate more with our hands. I understand. But the others, I mean, to do all of it. I understand. And the reason I ask this is because when Dr. Helen Wamba did her uh, epic 3,000 people research past life memories, she focused on details like this. Utensils in Belgium in the 12th century. Now, that's a knowable thing, but it's not something anybody in the audience listening in would go, oh, yeah, you know, of course, I know that flat knife. You haven't seen it in a movie. Anyway, Denise, I thank you for that. What would you what do you want to tell your friends and loved ones who are here who are grieving over losing you? Drink a glass of gin for me. <laughs> with me. That if I had any way to go out, this was a better way. I died from a heart attack. I had COVID, but then it was my heart that was going to give out way better, she says and dying from cancer, way better than them watching me dying. She goes, I was in and out like a coffee stop. Like a coffee stop. That the life, the, the, I feel nothing but love from everyone and not to be sad and not to think that I could have saved it or tried to save it. Everyone has guilt from this. Okay. From that, I didn't ask that question, but she answered it. I had it in my mind. We had it in our mind, which is how do we tell Jennifer not to feel guilty about not being able to save her or predict in advance that this would happen? And the answer is, Denise? I couldn't, I couldn't have. She couldn't have. All right. Does Jennifer know that and believe that, or is she just hearing that? Right now, I'm just hearing it. Eventually, it'll, they're showing me like it, trying, like pushing it down, on, like to have it sink in. Denise, thank you very much. I've still got Jennifer in it for another, don't I have you for another minute or five minutes? Okay, cool. So, Lou, anything else that we need? Thank you, Denise. I appreciate it. You're welcome to our class at any time. Anytime you want to stop by and chat, please do. Um, cook up something tasty for us. We'd love that. Um, also, I just want to point out that we are taking requests. And if you want to send me a request to martiniprods at Gmail, that was our first. <laughs> Maybe we'll have more. Maybe we won't. Um, but Lou, what do you want to talk about or anybody that wants to swing by before we lose Jennifer? <laughs> it's funny. She's just like, when you said lose Jennifer, she's like, no, we got her. We're not going to lose her. <laughs> I did uh, have, go ahead. Right. No, I was going to say, I did have a, an unusual dream last night, knowing that we would chat today um, where it's, it felt like I was conversing with you in some location, home, I don't know, something, something I think that you created, but then I, there was, 
like I had you in my dream. Too. That's weird. Well, maybe the three of us are having a conversation pre-cognition. Huh. Maybe. Well, let's ask Lou. What was that about? It's just the energy of everything that we talk about. And, and so- I did. I also had this idea of like a party going on. This was a couple of nights ago, but almost like delirious fun, which was weird. Were we on ayahuasca? No, no. But we were on the flip side. I'm just saying they they were having delirious fun, realizing the veil was falling. That's what it felt like. It felt like they were celebrating. Go ahead. Just- just so you know, it is so much thicker at nighttime now that I just have to ask them, please let me go to sleep because it is just packed. Like the veil is so much thinner than it's ever been. So a big party going on. I granted I have, you know, I've been privy to seeing it because, because I probably wouldn't believe in it if I didn't physically see it. That being said, it is like a party going on. They, it is crazy right now. <laughs> well, my point is this. And Lou, I want you to address this. It seemed like people were very happy over there that the veil so that they could connect to people that they hadn't connected to before. It almost felt like, and I don't even know how to put it. It's like, we're not aware of it, but they are more than we are. Right. But Lou, what's that, what was that about? Was that just a goofy dream I had or, or was that some kind of a celebration that's going on? And, and if you can tell us what that's about. Everyone is just closer to their loved ones right now. We're being asked to help. Ah, you're being asked to help. So you guys are coming to our rescue. All of it, yeah. I'm like, is it by... Are we ask? Are we asking, or is it, you know, somebody of a higher, without the, without it being a hierarchy, somebody with a higher, you know, um, yeah, somebody, our teachers and guides. Let's just allow that, or avatars, whoever it is, higher selves. Yeah, yeah, higher selves trying to manipulate that. I, I don't feel like that's the case. I don't. Is that the case, Lou, or is it really just our? the awakening that's happening on the planet is happening. It's the awakening. It's the awareness. And they just showed me like, I've, I am so busy more so than I've ever been in any other year, but I'm also like, it's just different. It's just different. It's not because of people dying of COVID it's because people are waking up. And so they, they, you know, they want to talk to their loved ones from three years ago. They want to talk to, um, they want to know if, I can validate because I basically validate what they already know. Yeah. And I do that on Quora because I get these emails from people going, you know, my husband came through and he said, everything's going to be okay. I'm fine. And he, he was like 20 years old before she'd even met him. And, and he was trying to tell her and the colors over here are really beautiful. And so she was writing and saying, does this sound crazy to you? I said, no, it sounds (laughs) like, you know, everything we've ever heard. Right. So, okay, Lou, I'm going to give you the last word, my dear. Um, any messages for your pals, your peeps, or, or just the world in general? What would you like to tell us? To hold on tight, no matter what happens around you. Because we're always working for your best outcome. Even though it might not seem like it at this at the time. 
And then they showed me like Denise, it was her best outcome to die that way versus cancer. Very good. And thank you, Denise, for stopping by. Thank you, Lou. And for those who aren't aware of who Lou is, Luana is our friend on the flip side who helped us uh, collaborate and put the books Backstage Pass and the flip side together. And thank you, Jennifer, for sharing uh, the painful memory of the loss of your dad and your close friend. And we thank them for showing up today, including your dad, for stopping by to give us some love and some um, medicine and how to cure ourselves or help ourselves with grief. Yep. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you on the flip side.